Good evening, everybody. Good evening, Jonathan. Hello. Hello. Good to see you all. Hello. <laughs> see you too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, just for the record, I'll introduce everybody, but the name tags are already in. So, um, anyway, uh, Charlton, what's up? Oh, good, man. I'm good. Charlton is joining us from Rotterdam from actually another bunker, just uh, a bit uh, down the road, I guess. The west, west side. You're, you're on the center. You're on the center. I'm in the west side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> west side, man. West side. Yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the sign for west side? West coast, right? West side. Yeah. <laughs> do we have a Rotterdam? Do we have a Rotterdam sign for for west side though? Is there a Rotterdam sign? I don't. I don't know. Maybe no, the kids nowadays. Or... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's invent one. Let's think about one. By the end, of, by the end of the show, we should. By the end one. of the show, yes. yes. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, great to have you on, man. Um, I see. Hey, Ricky. Ricky showing up. Ricky the Dragon. Hey. Ricky, my my old neighbor. My old neighbor from. Uh, he was my old neighbor next door, but now somebody else moved uh, into the studio next door. <laughs> nice. Fun, yeah. Good to see Ricky in the comments. Nice one. Um, okay, and um, <laughs> Lady Starlight is uh, <laughs> joining us again. Hello. Hey, Good to be hey, back. Pauline. Nice <laughs> to see you again. Good to have you again. And uh, Jamie also joining us from Berlin, sitting in his uh, spaceship. Spaceship. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Jamie. How have you been, man? I'm good, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. Nice to finally yeah. be talking to people. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, <laughs> it's the whole point, right, of this, yeah, of this yeah. chat, you know, just to uh, keep in touch and uh, talk about cool. music and stuff. Last time yeah. I saw you was um, actually not so long ago, right, in um, Den Bosch, in uh, Willem II. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I, oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I was there. I was there picking up a sink. <laughs> Yeah, what tell tell me that story because who who drives to do who drives like seven hundred kilometers to pick up a sink? It was eight yeah. hours. Eight hours. Each way. Yeah, I think I'm picking up a sink. No, no. Um, uh, we we me and my partner we opened up a restaurant in Berlin and, and we were building it. So and you have a re in Den Bosch you have really nice sinks. So <laughs> yeah, crazy. I'll never, I'll never do it again, man. I'm you, nightmare, nightmare. Did she drove straight back? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. that's it you're was, crazy. It was awful. Um, but yeah. So anyway, yeah, and that's. Uh, but we did a quick stop in uh, William Twee, 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 Yeah. It's nice. The, I, 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 the, I love that place. It's cool. Yeah. Was the sink worth it though? <laughs> yeah, it is, man. It's really worth it. I mean, you know, if, if you like to wash your hands with a little bit of luxury. Mm. Nah, anyway, nah, it's, no, no, it's, it's, it's it, you have, uh, they have like this place that, I mean, should we talk, should I be talking about sinks? Is that all right? Yeah. If you want to. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But you. But anyway, let's just put a pin in that one. Let's move on. Okay. So, okay. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Okay. But uh, yeah, it was good to see to briefly see you. I was working there with uh, Albert van Alba, and actually, you you visited that place as well, right? Uh, to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I did. I went there. Um, 
was part of Drift Festival. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, and um, yeah, I got to see that. I would like to go back again, though, when everything's uh, uh, possible. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I, I mean, I spent five days there, but. And I, I, got, I really wanted to use the test equipment they have there, that big room with all the old mm. stuff from the 50s, 60s. Um, but I don't think five days was enough. So, um, But I got some pretty cool stuff there. I actually wrote an EP from a lot of that stuff. Mm. So it was worth it, actually. Yeah. Cool, yeah. I recently went back there with uh, for the project I did with Albert. Um, I mean, we've discussed Willem Tway a few times on this uh, chat, but... Um, that room sounds so nice, you know, the one with the uh, test equipment, it's got a certain mm. acoustic to it. And, um, you know, it's really great at the moment you're recording there, but when you listen back to your recordings, it you actually quite kind of miss the, those acoustics, you know? Man, well, so, that's, it's funny you said that because I saw that they posted up um, some pictures where they mic'd up the room. Yeah, that's what that's what I that was. I probably like, for my session. Yeah, because was it, yeah? I, I went back oh, with right. Albert. Yeah, I went back with oh, Albert because right. I, I was missing the the acoustics of the room, and yeah. um, you know tried to kind of recreate that, um, but it didn't quite work out with at artificial reverbs. It's it's not the same, you know. No. So no. so we went back there and and they helped us setting up the mics and and uh, we did some passes and and I had like like four stereo tracks of different positions. And um, and it and it sounds incredible, man. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. if you listen if you listen to it now, it's like being back in the room. You know what I mean? It's, no, exactly. I mean that that was the thing. That was the thing that I missed because I knew when I would get the audio back, it would be really dry. Mm. Um, I I got it to sound good on on, on my stuff and that, but it was uh, yeah, there was just something about that room and really yeah. really hammering those Mackie mon- was it I think the Mackie monitors yeah. and like I, I think he put them I tipped them up on, on the floor so it was firing up into the ceiling once but I, <laughs> for, some, for some reason I didn't think to mic up the room mm. um, so yeah maybe next time when I go back I'll try it well, out well the, the thing is we, we I think the by accident we did the process just in the right order because we recorded it um, all sort of live in the room while, you know while we were discussing what to do next and stuff like that so like proper you know like studio conversations you know what i mean and if you mm. mic up the room those will be recorded as well so what what we did is we we recorded the whole all the sessions just to straight to hard disk you know mm-hmm. and uh and we went we went back when all of all of the stuff was edited and mixed down and um and then we just played back the the final uh tracks into the room and mic those you know so there's no chatting and there's nothing it's just you know you have like a a one minute uh, pre-roll and then just close the door silently and just have the the music play inside the room just to, just to right. capture the acoustics and um looking back that was probably the best thing, the best way to do it so yeah, you don't yeah, have yeah, to yeah. to worry about any you know sort of unwanted sounds in the room to be recorded you know i do, I do um, like i do like it you know when you have like because i have recorded rooms before like field recordings or whatever and i do like mm. it sometimes when you hear a voice or there's a, sh- a, a rustle about or someone puts the teacup down and then when you tie you time yeah. either time stretch that or you pitch it down and then all of a sudden that teacup sounds like a kick or something you know all that so much like, I, I, so I, I actually really like to, to to piss around with while the stuff recording you know you can because you can get some interesting um stuff from that I think, Absolutely. You know, yeah. Well, it depends what you want, I guess. But, yeah, if it's in, yeah. if it's intentional, if you if you're um, field recording to get sounds, you know, just to find sounds, basically, then then that works. But if you just want to capture acoustics, I guess you know you have to 
be uh, smart about it and yeah, smart, don't, yeah. don't don't get the the, <laughs> the, the the you know the incidental unwanted sounds. Yeah, sure, sure. So, Charlton, oh. you are in um, that bunker. Have you ever used the acoustics of the of the building there? Uh, not really. I but when I'm walking around here during the night, it sounds quite interesting. And I, I just recently took my recorder here, so it's quite, quite, uh, it's quite a big building, also. So it's mm-hmm. a this the bunker, and then I think this was an old nuclear power power station or something. But they they uh, got rid of it and they cleaned the ground up. So and on the other side, there's like boats. So it's like the harbor. So you, mm-hmm. yeah, it's in the West Harbour. So it's quite interesting. You, you know, when you go for smoke outside, you hear like <laughs> plenty of sounds. Especially now with, uh, you know, there's no people coming around because of the, the 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 curfew clock. So it's totally quiet. It's oh quiet yeah, you yeah. should you should use that opportunity, man. It's, yeah, yeah. I might do it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Take yeah, a break yeah. during. Not Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that's basically, uh, yeah, that's where I am at the moment. Uh, and I locked myself here because I don't have a, cannot write myself a letter or something. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting place. And I'm just getting, uh, getting around and making a lot of music here, so... So uh, that's what counts, basically, I guess. Yeah. Can you? Is it, is it uh, possible to? You're on Wi-Fi, right? So you can kind of yeah, show I can your show. setup. Yeah, I would love to see it. Nice. I've got some um, like uh, rack gear in here, a little bit. So uh, just a couple of keyboards laying around. Uh, Kawai K1. Um, Use a micro freak lately, and uh, a lot of oh, bustle. You, uh, bustle uh, yeah. Did you did you get the the software update for the the micro freak? Uh, yeah, it's amazing, is it? Like mm. they put some new uh, things from uh, noise engineering in now. So it's, it's pretty uh, pretty out there. It's pretty uh, wild. <laughs> pretty cool, cool synth. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing this um, uh, live jam with uh, Steve Rahmat and uh, Colin Benders last weekend. And uh, I kind of dismissed that micro freak for a while, but uh, Steve had it with him, and he was getting all these really nice sort of uh, duotonic uh, Detroit sounds from it. <laughs> There's your food. There's your food. And see you later, Charles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a neighbour, it's nice to not be alone actually tonight. So it means there's somebody here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, invite them in. Uh, yeah, I should actually, uh, I, I should grab my food maybe, if you don't mind, because I'm starving. Or, uh, can I, I cannot even hear myself think. <laughs> one, one second, yeah, Go sorry. For it. Go for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that perfectly. <laughs> it could have been a little earlier, you know, yeah. as soon as it started, would have been maybe exactly, more yeah. perfect. <laughs> or imperfect. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's let's just have um, Charlton uh, sort out his food and maybe uh, talk about um, Jamie's studio in the meantime. Um, I see a lot of blinking lights. Uh, 
Yeah, can if you, it's can annoying, you... I can switch it off. Is it annoying is it... anybody? No, no, it's cool. It's, <laughs> no. It looks looks really Star Trek. I was pissing around before we we um, came on. Um, so is that all? Is that all Eurorack that behind you, or is it is it just one massive modular, or is it? No, this is well. I have it in the. I got a, a custom. I did with a friend of mine. We built a custom desk. Um, oh, nice! And instead of putting a, a mixer in the middle for the speakers, so you can see the speakers. That, um, I put a modular in the middle because you know. Finite details with modulars is really important. It's really important that you can hear the full mix when you're playing a modular. I think when you're really wanting to mix on a modular as well, if you're doing if you do that, or I do that quite a lot. Um, so yeah, so we put the modular in the middle, and it's it's actually great. Um, and I have the racks on either side, so I can also process the modular quite quick and not have to like dip across the rooms. Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so this is like the, 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 the I'm here like most of the time actually, so in, in the middle. Cool, yeah. I don't think I've ever anybody see, uh, I, I didn't see anybody who has um that setup, you know, like with the modulars just between the speakers. Usually it's on the side yeah. and they have like a mixing desk or, or the computer yeah. between the speakers or something. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, if if you work a lot on a modular, mm. uh, you should try it. Makes it makes sense. Yeah, it makes it, sense. Absolutely. Because, you know, um, you know how it is, man, with a modular, if, if especially with the, the filters are so good or whatever, the, the pitch, to hear the pitches properly and stuff, you need to be between the speakers. Mm. And uh, if you want to get the mix sounding really good, then you can't be at the side. You can't, you know. So it's really, it was really important for me to have it in the middle. Uh, and it, and once I did that, it changed everything for me. Um, and you know, I do do a lot of I do do a lot of like just single recordings, like one shot recordings or loop. I just grab a stereo recorder. Sometimes I just press start on the on the recorder, and then I just play piss around for a little bit and chop a lot of stuff in Ableton. So I don't just work with a modular sometimes, mm. but, you know, um, even those points where you're just recording sample material for the computer, it's really important to be able to hear actually what you're doing with a modular because the, 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 so f the, the differences are so finite yeah. uh, and small and they can really... Yeah, it's it's nice. It's just nice to hear what you're doing and not yeah. be at the other side of the room, you know. So, do you um, have a second pair of speakers behind no. your computer? Then you just rely no. on one pair of monitors for everything. I, yeah, but yeah. I, I with the computer, I have the little thing here, so I'm 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 building on the computer, and then that that's quite annoying for me because I'm like kind of like doing this a lot, you know. <laughs> um, but but that's but the thing is, I my I, I've got a really bad right ear. Um, and my left ear is really the only one that works properly. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, yeah, and so <laughs> it, that's actually it's not so bad. Um, right. But like, obviously, it, it works. works. For you. It, it works. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah so, you would you would never I mean, you would you would never you would never tell no, no, from, from listening no, no, to the I music. Mean, man, I'm not deaf in the right ear. I I have a really bad high cut on it. Um, right. But it's really important that I can still hear stereo feel because I can hear stereo, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the brain does some weird things. I've noticed um, if you just have one ear it, uh, and, a, and, a, and a damaged 
second year or right year or whatever, um, your brain tries to like create some weird compensates by creating some weird pseudo stereo. <laughs> yeah. And um, I really hear this. And so I, I still have to be really in the center to, to get like everything perfect, you know? Okay. Um, so yeah, I try to not build too much on the computer. Um, mm. But yeah, so that's myself. Wow. I mean, it's uh, to be honest, it's a, <laughs> it's a worrying and heartbreaking uh, um, story that you have your it's... ear damage. But at, at the same time, you know, you would never tell. No, um, no, I was from, uh, from from your music, and I know what you mean by the brain kind of compensating for mm. stuff that you are missing because I, I I'm I haven't had my he- hearing measured for a while, but I know I'm missing something. But I still I'm still able capable. I guess because it's also, you know, the way you train your hearing, right? It's not only what you can actually, you know, physically perceive, but also how how you process the information. Yeah, what, sure. What, you know, how your brain processes the information, what you will eventually um, hear, basically. Mm. So, mm. yeah. And, and it's, um, I mean, it's inter- instrumental music, so everything is highly suggestive anyway. <laughs> Yeah, if for you sure. Know what I mean. yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure, man. You know, I, I always find it really interesting. Sometimes, if if I don't work in the night time, um, usually because I hear music a lot faster in the night than when I do in the daytime. I don't know. Does anyone else get that faster? You mean like in tempo? Yeah, faster? I, the tempo, everything, tempo. The, you perceive the, the, it to be faster. Yeah, the tonality for me changes as mm. well. Wow. Uh, so if I write, if I write, I, 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 I really avoid it in the night because. I don't really write that good music in the night time. Um, yeah, but get me get me in the studio get me in the studio at nine o'clock in the morning. It's like, <laughs> but I, I can't I can't do it at the night. So I just so go if, to, if you yeah. if you write a track at night and you'll listen in the morning, it's all pitched it's down different. really. But it's yeah, it's, it's slow. It's slow. It's pitched down. Things are a little bit out of tune. It's like yeah yeah no really I don't know why I don't know why but I, I and I really perceive it completely different in the night time Um, so I I don't know I'm just fucking weird I'm not sure (laughs) (laughs) we're all weird anyway (laughs) who cares I mean it's uh, I guess it's the it's the end result that counts I guess but and and there there are many stories about uh, you know partly or or completely deaf composers who've made some some amazing stuff you know but Mm. I don't know you know (laughs) yeah well well, I mean mean, uh, well a good example is Mala you know the dubstep producer Maller? Mm-hmm. He's deaf in in, in one ear, and right. he's, I mean, for me, he's one of the. He's, he's an amazing producer. He wouldn't. It is clearly not affected him at all. So, right. um, and yeah, so you can do stuff if, if you have if you have got damaged hearing. It's not the end of the world, right? Um, but it's a shame. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. You, you, Jamie, did you, you have this? Did it something that happened, or did you always have? Uh, yeah, I well, it was, it was two. It was two things. I used to play in a lot of bands when I was younger, and um, I was sound checking, and um, I used to. I was a drummer, mm-hmm. and I was a really bad sound engineer. And I don't know if it was, I don't know exactly what happened, but um, the speaker blew up in my ear, Oof. and it kind of like the the, the shield. <laughs> Like the speaker popped out the shield and it hit me in the oh, head. Shit. What? And um, yeah, yeah, it was really oh, hard. Car. Like, like it kind of ex- actually it blew kinda, up. <laughs> yeah, it kind of it kind of exploded. Yeah, and wow. um, I couldn't hear for like a week. And I and and then after that, and it was that wasn't actually what really damaged the ear. 
what I didn't think anyway. And then uh, five years ago, I got uh, uh, an infection in the middle ear, and uh, it kind of it went into my right ear, and it really it ate away a lot of the stuff in my ear, and it got really it got really hardcore, like, and then yeah, yeah. It, and then. And then after that, it never recovered. So I, I went to the hospital, and they they said I've got a forty six dB cut in everything from everything above four k. Wow! So wow. it's really it's not nice. So if I if I close my other ear, it's it, it, it really I don't like to do it because it upsets me. <laughs> it's like really like oh no, um, yeah. And and also you know like I think I think years and years of like ten years playing blasting the headphones on the dj mixer I, I mix with my right ear mm-hmm. also not helped mm-hmm. so you i mean you know it's you gotta be really careful man yeah. i mean if you if you don't because i'm pretty sure i'm gonna be deaf in that ear when i'm older um mm. and that's, that's just so rubbish that's yeah. so rubbish but you know life on you life's terms it. isn't it exactly you know, so, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make research, so no 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 <laughs> So how how is everybody else's hearing? Have you do you have uh, any problems with your hearing, uh, Colleen? Uh, no, okay? I'm okay. Um, but I do have a really uneven ears, like um, like any earplugs. Like one is super super small and one is really big. So I have like oh uneven, physically you mean? Yeah, like really <laughs> a small ear canal here and a really big one. So okay. Well, I mean, at least you always find the right one to to plug in uh, straight away. Oh, the small one goes here. Yeah, exactly. It's true. I was like, what's wrong with my deformed ear canals? (laughs) But owls, you know, I think about owls have like, uh, I think most, I think all owls have like uneven ears they can hear, um, not just, and they have like the best hearing uh, so that they can hear uh, where something is, above or below them and not just hear it oh so you mean it like it's like yeah. it's like cross cross referencing the two inputs yeah. basically oh yeah. wow exactly so really? owls, yeah yeah <laughs> they're like they know exactly where it is so uneven hearing actually can help you hear in more uh spatial things oh wow so, Hey, Jamie, there you go. I know. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, this is interesting. It is interesting because, um, yeah, I, I, I am very, uh, I mean, it's almost like, you know, people who have two sets of monitors, right? So mm. I'm finding myself a lot, if I'm mixing, I'm, turn, I'm turning my head a lot. I'm turning like this, I'm turning like this, and I'm adjusting the mix to both of my ears. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find the, like, a nice balance there, so... Yeah, I'm not condoning having damaged ears, but um, <laughs> it's definitely. It has, I think it has helped me a little bit. Mm. Help my mu- music, my mm. mixes, maybe to have like this internal difference. Yeah, um, but yeah, maybe like you say, but I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm just kind of guessing, really. But yeah, um, yeah. So. That's interesting. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you think about it. You know, having instead of having two sets of monitors, having two kind of yes. perception, way, two two different perceptions of what you're doing. You're still yeah. you're still doing the same thing, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, comparing the yeah, I don't know. It's, mm. uh, it's interesting. Never really thought about that in in, in that way. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, <Okay. laughs> yeah. Like you said, it's um, um, you're not condoning it, but it's it's no. workable. 
it is worth it. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. it's um, it's a but shame. Training, but I mean, it, you know, I, I, the thing is, um, I, I've always uh, valued like uh, uh, a trained hearing more than the actual quality of the of your hearing. You know, uh, because I I know from myself from my experience, I hear things that nobody else hears. You know. Exactly. I've, I've I've been in so many situations where I was sitting behind monitors and I was like, oh, that that frequency peak there, you know, that's just really annoying me and that should go. And and I really have to kind of zoom in and, and point it out by boosting mm -hmm. a certain range, you know, I, there it is, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and and the other person wouldn't, wouldn't hear it. And it was just sticking out very apparently to, to me, you know, and mm -hmm. I know I don't know if it's if that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, consequence of my hearing being damaged or not, or, yeah. <laughs> or my no, perception. I, but at the same time, I, I know that the that you know the slightest difference in pressure in in sound in any region of the sound, you know, I can pick it out, you know. And it's just because I listen to sound so much, you know, so much time of my life, and try to analyze what's going on. Um, so, so that's it's certainly something that has to do with, you know, uh, training, I guess. Well, I mean, you know, for instance, everybody, like everybody, I think your music reflects your internal, your your hear, your the way that your ears are shaped. I That's mean, if true. you have if you have yeah. two if you have two monitors that look identical, I mean, you know, you can buy two monitors that look identical at the same price by different manufacturers. They're in wood boxes. They have the the, the cone, blah blah blah, but they will sound completely different. Mm. So the same should be true for people's ears you know yeah. you, you the difference should be even more actually so this idea that everybody's hearing the same thing is i don't think that's possible no mm. so um, <laughs> yeah you don't know you no, don't it's, know it's like, that, it's like <laughs> that, it's that whole question of like what is your red is your red the same as my red you know yeah like, yeah it's ooh. like the whole, are you conscious uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> but it's got to be the same it's got to be the same for music you know so um yeah, but there is there is like uh, a, a there is um, like an agreeable standard, you know. There is there's yeah, an agreeable yeah, sure. standard that works for most people. So that's yeah. that's how you mix basically. You mix so everybody uh, perceives it the way you've you've uh, in, intended it and also um you know, you mix it so it basically translates that thing uh, that you intended on most other systems, you know. You can you can have it sound really good on a PA system or on some really expensive studio monitors, but if um, you know, if it doesn't play well on a, you know, on an iPhone, you know, headphones or or like a, a car stereo or whatever, then then you're missing the point, you know. So it should, yeah, sure. should kind of be in that sort of agreed um, average of of yeah. what how sound I mean, that, translates to other. Yeah. Well, you took, well, you quickly put, uh, touched upon like mixing. You know, I mean, <laughs> like I think the most important thing for me was also learning how to how to use uh, visual tools to mix. Um, uh, spectrograph, whatever you know, um, and then later on learning, you know, how to read how to read dynamics properly, visually, like with a, a, something a, something that reads dynamics gives you a number readout. Um, this is I, I use these tools a lot. Um, so can I, you give I think, can you give some examples? What what kind of stuff yeah, are yeah. you using yeah, to yeah, aid I, your? Uh... Well, you know, f for me, actually, spectrograph-wise, um, I got so used to the Ableton one, um, so I use that. But there's one called uh, it's it's the Adapter Metric A and B. I use, and this gives you a spectrograph. It gives you uh, a dynamic readout. It gives you a, a real, you know, real measurement and a loudness. 
Um, and these are really essential tool, tools for me. I don't do it on I don't do it on mixing when I'm mixing, but when I'm I'm doing the overall master of my track, because um, I also heavily process the master bus, uh, in like externally and internally. Um, I get best of both worlds from the analog stuff and and the like. Uh, I never limit on an analog because for me analog limiters are terrible. Um, <laughs> I always limit on the on the computer or whatever. Um, and it's, if you're doing that on a computer, you, you, I mean, or even on, uh, with analog stuff, it's good to use visual aids because nobody's ears are perfect. And um, yeah, so th- this is really important. I think to learn to learn how to do it properly is a really, really. It's almost as important as learning how to mix, uh, uh, learning how to produce. Sorry, mm. um, if you want to attract to sound really good, that's what I've learned anyway. So. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's not well, just yeah, about it's, it's, it's it's always a matter of getting your idea across, right? So if, if yeah, you yeah. have a wonderful yeah. idea and it's going to sound shit to other people because you don't <laughs> you don't mix it right, it's you know, there's no point, well, you know. You lose the energy, you lose the energy yeah. and you lose the creative energy of what you've just done because it's not translating properly on on, on, you, on a system or whatever. Would you say you're you're more like um uh when you're mixing are you uh, taking the scientific approach all the way, or are you also still, you know, using your sort of intuition and mixing for vibe? You know, I yeah, find yeah, myself no, mixing man, for uh, vibe a lot more. To, yeah, to be yeah. Honest. yeah. No, it's all for, it's all for vibe, but that vibe has has a has to be within thresholds that work. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like this threshold that really works. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I, yeah, man. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really. I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that there's no rules whatsoever. Oh yeah. As long as it's in the threshold. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. If we if we would have uh, uh, titles for episodes, this one would be called uh, the threshold of vibe. <laughs> oh, yeah, the vibe threshold. <laughs> the vibe threshold. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know. <laughs> so, Charlton, are you yes. a vibe a vibe guy or an analytical guy? Ah, uh, vibey. Yeah, vibe-y. I, I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mix on the vibe. So I'm, I'm not really, I'm, I'm not that technical with like mixing and that, but I just do it on my ears. My ears are actually quite normal still, I guess. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no beeps or no tinnitus or. So you don't I'm have actually, nah, man. I, I, you lucky guy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've definitely, you know, mishandled my ears, but I, I think I'm quite lucky, man. I, I yeah. Nice, good, good genetics. It also had good to genes. do with. Uh, it also had to do that I, I was basically mixing in Ableton for ten years, so I didn't have to wear any headphones for about ten years. So maybe that's uh, a little thing, you know. That, yeah. uh, that saved my ears, but now yeah, I but do. So uh, <laughs> maybe it goes goes uh, goes terrible now. But <laughs> yeah, no, no I'm, I'm definitely on a mixy mixy vibe, man. Uh, I just try to yes make it sound all right for me, and just bit bit like you both both you know like computer wise, and I throw some stuff through the mixer. So yeah, just uh, just just vibing, man, and it's basically basically what I do. Uh, it's just quite quite, you know. You try sometimes you you overmix something, 
and then I always get back to the first few raw mixes, you know, uh, of, 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 of when I when I mix down a track. Mm-hmm. So you got a couple of mixes, and then you go. I almost go back to the first one because it's, it's, <laughs> I that's, that that's the vibe. That's uh, the vibe, funny. right? Totally. Yeah. Uh, totally. It's really funny. It's really funny you say that. That's that's been said by so many people on the on the chat. You know, they. Mm. Um, it's like the 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 sort of idea that you can get it better and and you don't want to give up improving it, but at the same time, the more iterations you you generate from the same track, you know, or the same piece of music, um, you know, some of the stuff that was getting you going in the in the earlier stages <clears throat> kind of slow, slowly starts to disappear, you know, and then yep. you find yourself go back to the earlier one and you know just roughly fix it and that's it. <laughs> But the idea that you that you can improve it is always driving you to still try, you know. <laughs> well, sometimes you like you you overmix it and then it goes totally dead. Like mm. and I'm thinking, oh man, this actually sounds terrible now. So maybe I should listen back three versions before, and then it may, mostly <laughs> get, I get the vibe again. You know, so, yeah. I'm no, definitely think, I'm definitely a vibe mixer. <laughs> I think you can. Uh, I think you can. You can mix. You can overmix the soul out of music. Definitely, absolutely. Like you just you just strip you strip yourself out of it because you're like, no, this needs to be like this. This needs to be like this. I mean, I'll not I'll not mention any names, but I once what well, I one time so oh, so come on. Oh, no, no 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 no. <laughs> it, I, so I heard a track and it was killer, and then and then a week later the guy sent me the track again with mix ninety six. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> it's like oh, no. 96 oh. versions he sounded worse he sounded worse you know and you could hear from gradual like progression of like blah, 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 you know, just just stripping the identity yeah. out of the track overthinking you know? um, overthinking overthinking yeah. and like ki- ki- killing it you know it's like yeah. oh it, it might sound brighter it might sound whatever but what have you sacrificed for for yeah. for this perceived idea of where it should be? You know, I think um, to be honest, uh, to be honest, people, this is this is the this is one of the re- this is a really important skill. You know, um, knowing when to stop and and where what to sacrifice and what to keep. You know, that's yeah. that's I probably more important than the actual mixing skills. You know, you can try that's stuff right. out. You know, maybe maybe uh improve like things that are sort of more analytical in, in, in an analytical way you can improve things and you know getting things better but sound is funny sometimes you know it's um even though it's like against the rules you can have like something going on uh above 10k or under 20 hertz that and if you remove it it might you know just destroy everything or it might completely change the context in in how you hear things you know mm-hmm. um and you know i don't know it's that's one of one example it can be, be it can be because of the balance you know or the some stuff that is uh you know doing things which you which are undesirable from a scientific point of view but still contribute to the overall vibe of the track you know so it's yeah. like a I snare mean, with a lot of sub bass or something <laughs> you know sometimes yeah, that just I, works I, you know? I, I, but man, I, mean, I i'm yeah. not gonna let all my secrets out but you know you should always you should never cut the too much bass out of any yeah. element in your track because mm. you're removing the you're removing the presence of it, not presence, but whatever the body of it. Impact, um, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's like you shouldn't, you shouldn't, don't go too crazy with the uh, EQs, you know, like on the top and the bottom. Um, you know, I, okay. I, I do, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So, let's let's yeah, let's yeah, yeah let's let's uh, ask uh, answer this question from uh, Eric. Eric Demon is uh, dropping in asking, when is a track done? Are there any signs? Well, that's it's a good one. What would you say, um, Colleen? When is it done? Um, <laughs> as quick as possible. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I. I uh, But the signs. Yeah, what are this? What are the signs? What are the signs when it's done? What is? What do you need to feel or what do you need to hear when you decide this is done? Yeah, I guess it's just like cutting what doesn't need to be there and and not cutting what does and figuring out what those things are for the individual track and when you've gotten like the balance of all of that stuff together of you hearing everything that is you want to hear in the right place i guess that would be what's done to me yeah sure but and and the yeah. sign what is the sign well i don't uh i do all my stuff just record like one not one time of course i do a few different takes but i don't record it until it's already almost done in my mind like i never do arranging in ableton um oh you so so you basically you just you just program everything in your hardware and you, yeah. you perform it a few times and when you think okay i've got it rehearsed uh, then i get I it down it. okay yeah. cool so it's kind of already done before i get in and start eqing it properly Nice. So the idea is all there. That's a that's a really quick way. This is a good way, man. I I really into, I really into this into this thing, you know. I mean, the only the only I think for me the only way where I would like to go while I use a computer is because there's so much creative stuff you can do. But I I used to do a lot of the, like Colleen does it, just one takes and stuff, and it's it's such. Uh, such a, a liberating feeling <laughs> and also like you said and you, you can get to that point really quickly where you're like all right it's done now let's record it so like yeah. you record and then it's done and that's yeah, the point exactly. that's the feeling you know because, yeah so it's, but it's would that be, would that be a, like a stereo recording or would that be something you, you would, would you still multi-track it and so you have a chance to kind of fix things up afterwards or is it just stereo out Uh, hit play, perform the track, done. I uh, do it. I have three different tracks. I have one for the leads and then kick drum and then the percussion. Okay, so, so you do three. stand them out. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. I've done, I've done both ways, like stereo, but then I start thinking, ah, oh, nah, so, <laughs> that, that was a bit dodgy. So I <laughs> record back in the stems. So now I record stems and then I... Uh, you know, I've got the vibe, and then maybe I cut something out or something, but I do it quite quick recently again because otherwise I overproduce, man, in my head. It's just not, um, and I'm a quite hyperactive guy anyway, so I do everything <laughs> quite quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, but you know, you know the, the best tracks are always the quickest ones, man. I, I This is so true. It's so true for. I, I've never met a person who said that the best, unless any of you guys have, where the, Their best track or their most popular track wasn't one of the quickest ones that they ever was produced. Was version 96? Yeah, well, it definitely <laughs> wasn't. You know, because, because I, I mean, I, I got to a point now where if, you know, I usually, I usually maybe write one, one and a half tracks a day. And um, if, if I haven't got it, something done that day, then I don't go back to it the next day. Um, the next day, usually if I get a track done and it's took, taken me a day, then... The only time I'll touch it the next day is if I need to mix and master it a little bit. But 
uh, that's fresh it. Ears. With fresh ears, I guess. Right? Yeah, fresh ears. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you do you yeah. separate do you separate those um, uh, those those jobs like really clearly? Like you have a no. sort of creative time and, and a recording time and, and an no. admin that, or sort of touching up time or something? No, no. I have I, the master I chain. Do. Yeah. yeah. Now the master chain is exactly how it will be recorded. I, I, I color the I color the tracks individually. I color it on the master thing. I I, I mix for color and attitude rather than like thingy. Uh, so I'm just constantly changing everything. So how I'm mixing when I'm mixing it and the master chain, it's all set to the final uh, version. So I think it's really. I I mean also I, I, I people were telling me also when I when I was younger. Oh, you shouldn't. You should always keep the master clean. Don't put a limiter on it. Don't put a compressor on it. And I'm like, it's mm. bullshit, man. You do what you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I'm always putting the key. I, it doesn't matter to me if my compressor on the main channel is hitting minus ten, minus twelve dB. Yeah. It sounds good. Well, it the sounds thing, good. The thing is, though, I mean, I think that comes from um, mainly from mastering people. You know, who yeah. have a point because they they get stuff sent which is like you know basically just uh if you look at the waveform it's like a, a sausage yeah, you know basically with all the dynamics removed but if you if you use yeah. like a master bus and there is like heavy compression on there just for the vibe and if you keep like a couple of dbs or you know like six db headroom just to have some some room for for anybody who is working on your stuff afterwards to kind of improve it or to bring it up to industry standard levels then then it's fine yeah you, you should always you, you should always consider that though but i yeah. think that's it that's that's part but, of the process you know yeah but it doesn't mean that you you yeah you're right it doesn't mean you can you can't put anything in your master boss you can you know process the fuck out of it if that's making uh, the track better you know that's yeah, fine yeah, yeah, yeah. as yeah, long yeah. as i mean that i think that argument comes from yeah, again, from Muslim guys who who just are you know Sit basically have, have their yeah, but they have their hands on basically they so bored all, of the limited leave, track. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, do you yeah. leave no space for for them to improve anything because there's you know the dynamics are gone and the, the only thing you can, they can do is just you know turn it down again you know and and it's just sort of reinvent dynamics with transient designers and shit like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but. but but yeah, you're right. There is no there is no rule for that. If no. you if you no, if but you you know there's there shouldn't be any rules like like I was saying where there's a threshold, you know. But you know if you mix for color and like how you feel with the music, as long as you're using a visual aid to give you the right numbers, like all right, okay, I've got still got some headroom. It's not totally squashed. Mm. You know these are the th these visual tools can really help you stay in the framework mm. where you can really push it how you want to push it, but you're not totally fucking the track up you know? yeah that's a good point and and because yeah. your ears can't really perceive this tiny things so well so if mm. you're using both together this is this is a really good technique yeah um yeah so uh question from uh yannick hey what's up yannick uh do you aim for a specific loudness uh pre-mastering like uh when you pre-master your track a specific loudness i don't know what what do you think um, is that something you have in mind? Yeah, um, I do minus six. That's my yeah, minus six. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone does the same. Six. Maybe I used to do. I used to do minus three. You know, but if you yeah. give give the pre-master a minus six, you get quite good of a 
master bag most of the times, I guess, you know? Yeah. Oh, actually, there was another question. Sander, bring it back in because this is maybe a good yeah. one. For headroom, can you bring the master down minus 6 dB? Well, um, it's not. the point is not to have a recording which is minus 6. The point is to have, you know, like leave your dynamics intact um, in your pre-master. You know, so uh, don't limit the fuck out of it so there is no dynamics anymore. Just have, you know, you can have compression and you can... I, you could even have some mild limiting, I don't know, but, you know, stay away from limiting a little bit, you know. Um, but the, the point is to, to retain the dynamics in the music, you know. So and, and like Jamie said, you don't always really hear it. You know, there can be some peaks going on which, which don't uh, are like apparent uh, peaks in the music, but they are still peaks in the audio. And it's better just to to leave those in, you know, just to have to have the room to um, uh, to adjust that uh, in, in the mastering stage, basically. Yeah, but it's also. I think, yeah. uh, think Charlton is uh, starting his dinner. Starting his dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you got some chips, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, already have, I already ate those in between. Yeah, like, I bet you did. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, but you know, I, uh, uh, going back there. There's a, also the flip to that because also like me, if you've got a big pair of speakers or whatever, or you 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 are, you are lucky enough to be able to write tracks with some serious volume, like in your studio, you can have too much dynamic and you'll not hear it as well. So that's these tools also help for these because you know you've got that kicking, like oh that's punching really well, or you know the bass line's really like uh, yeah, it's 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 not squashed, but it's it sounds loud enough to me. But then you realise yeah. you've you've you've, you've made the whole track on like super loud and it's mm. too dynamic and you play it in the club yeah. and it has no energy and whatever you know yeah yeah true um, yeah but i mean i think help. i think sure sure but this question was like okay if you mix your track and it's it's like uh, pushing the zero db all the time if you just down, turn down your master is does that solve the problem and the, the answer is no 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 because no. <laughs> you still get like a waveform that's totally squashed exactly. without any yeah, dynamics yeah, yeah. right like yeah yeah. Big fart, like <laughs> <laughs> sausages. <laughs> oh, friends from Antwerp are dropping in. If I'm correct, this is Patton, this is Robert. Um, when you so he says, when you master, are you mastering for digital or vinyl? Uh, when both are releasing, um, well, okay, um. I guess, you know, uh, the digital master is the one that goes on all the digital formats and uh, digital has no limits as it comes to um, stereo width in, in lower re regions and it can basically still play stuff over 10K. If something needs to go on vinyl, vinyl has to, just has a physical limitation. There's just no, oh, maybe we, Jamie can, can also talk about that because we're, we're both cutting vinyl. Um, you know, it there there are frequencies that just don't stick to um, to vinyl. You know, everything anything over 10k is going to sound you know terrible. It's just making the stylus of the cutter head um, uh, you know go crazy and stuff. And same is true for for anything under probably you have to get a roll of from every, everything under you know 80 hertz or something. You don't really have to make it disappear, but you have to kind of roll it off because it's just gonna. Uh, take up so much 
uh, bandwidth in the in the waveform. Um, so it, but the, the vinyl master is basically just to make sure the vinyl sounds um, as good as the digital master without the frequencies that it cannot carry. You know, that's basically the point. So yep. it's it's not about um, uh, making a different master, different sounding master. It's just making sure that the vinyl sounds um, basically like the digital master without the frequencies that don't stick to vinyl. That's that's basically the the whole thing. So yeah. you can use a digital master uh, for vinyl, but you just have to treat it a little bit. You have to just roll off the the highs and the lows a little bit to just to be able to cut it. If you wouldn't do that, you'll you'll lose like a few dBs and your record will be really uh, quiet, right, Jamie? Yeah, you've pretty much pretty much said everything. Huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, there's only there's only really you know also you can't you can't the stereo field is also reduced a little bit um, for a few different reasons. Um, yeah. You know, you know, obviously, bass has to be in mono. Everything below. I usually I they say two hundred and fifty, but I go five hundred. Mm. Everything below five hundred hertz, I uh, I mono. Um, I spread. I really. I I have a weird thing where I I really spread everything everything from like four to uh, seven hertz, or maybe maximum usually to the end of the thing. Uh, you mean the, you widen you widen the stereo? You widen it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and then um, mono up to five hundred. It works sometimes, and maybe sometimes it doesn't. So it depends on the track. Um, I usually just like for the hi hats because it kind of like brings the the record to life a little bit when they're more spread. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, actually, Jamie, meet Fritz. Fritz in the comments. He's the he's the the, the person here at store who cuts the record. So. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh well, Fritz, you know, this Jamie, is Jamie Fritz. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, temperature for me is a nightmare because um, I'm pretty sure my unit's not functioning properly. Uh, so I, I don't know what temperature it is, and it changes daily. Actually, um, true. So yeah. yeah. So some sometimes I'm having it on hardly anything. So it's like between thirty. And then some days I've even had it really hot. I don't. Sorry, I'm trapped here. I'm a little bit on my chair. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. And then some days I can't even use it at all. Um, I burnt so many styluses with this thing. Um, so and and sometimes it makes the record sound shit, and sometimes it doesn't. So it's really, I, I'm really like turning the temperature up gradually. We should like we that. should bring in we should bring in Fritz uh, in in the yeah. conversation afterwards because yeah, we, yeah, we, I think I think we've we found a you found a, a spot Fritz, yeah we found a spot Good. yeah I mean the yeah, surface I, I, of the, I, I, yeah. the surface of the record needs to be like 46 45 46 degrees exactly, and the yeah. stylus heating depends on the the age of the stylus you know yeah, yeah, so yeah, when it's yeah, when it's yeah. new you can lower the stylus heating and if it's no, older, for, you have to turn yeah, it yeah. Up. I mean, actually, yeah. like when I've got new styluses, I don't use any heating at all. But yeah, after the yeah. first five or five or ten cuts, then I start to use it. Mm. Um, yeah. So, it's, 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 anyway, on this machine, this this is really nerdy. We're only talking about stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody understands this. Uh, sorry, people. Um, yeah, We're sorry. just nerding. Uh, this is like old. This is like the no, no, old, no old out. knob twiddlers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, yeah, I yeah. So actually, like you know, um, we have the same machine, uh, Joachim and me. And if anyone's really interested in 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 getting, it, I think I guess Joachim maybe has a link or whatever. I don't know. Um, 
I would, I would, I would, I would totally discourage people yeah. to get into it unless you, <laughs> yeah. unless you are, and, you know, no, seriously, would, unless you are willing to spend years on yes. on this, yeah, yeah. you know, this uh, this thing. Yeah. It's yeah. not like a plug and play thing. It's something no. that you have to really invest time into, and and uh, you know, there are so many variables that that are easy to fuck up you know there's many many it's a physical process you know it's not like recording something to disc it's it's actually uh, to hard disk you know it's actually a physical process with lots of variables you know like temperature calibration the material you know there's so all these factors are playing into this and then and it uh, you have to fuck up all these different um, variables a few times to actually understand what's going on and to yeah, be able you, to pinpoint any problem. So, yeah. so yeah, it takes. I would say it takes two years to 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 reach the level where you can actually make a really good sounding sounding record. Yeah, took, You'll be throwing away many, many, many blank discs. You know, it took yeah. me two years. It took me yeah, two years. Yeah, two years, and it was a effing nightmare. It was a nightmare, <laughs> and um, you know, but. Then you you also have to have the right yeah. equipment in the studio, you know, if you want to if you want to do it. I mean, I would I would I know where you go inside, but I would encourage people to do it because it makes you a better. It's made me a better producer in some yeah. ways. I think it's made me more aware of what I'm doing <laughs> to my tracks. Um, so I would recommend it if you've got two years to burn and whatever. So. Yeah, <laughs> and it is fun. No, it's it is it's fun. it's interesting that you're saying it made you makes you a made you a better producer because I actually it it changed my way of looking at a track or a piece of music in several ways. Uh, yeah. One one of which is um, the format itself. You know, you have like uh, twelve minutes if you want to have a optimum cut. You know, you have to stick to around twelve minutes for one side of vinyl. You can go over it, but it'll, you know you'll be decreasing the you know the the quality or you'll have to sort of you know basically it's a com it's it's a, you have to compromise something if you if you go over 12 minutes uh, 14 is is doable but it, once you get over 14 it's it's like um yeah some you have to sacrifice something you know so um the format itself if you have 12 minutes you know it makes you look at a track differently it's like uh, you can't um yeah, I mean, track length is is something you start to keep in mind when you're doing something. So yeah, you know, if you have one track or two tracks on one side, or sometimes three, um, it really the format really sort of determines what you decide in the production. You know, in the arranging stage of, of whatever you do, and and the other thing is that um, mixing a record, you know, with like you said, monoing down the bass on under a certain frequency and uh, keeping an eye on stereo spread and and the balance between. Uh, highs and lows, you know. You know you you have you you're eventually gonna cut it, so you're not gonna you're gonna you yeah. Basically, you you already try to have the sound to be even enough to stick to vinyl. You know what I mean? It's it's you you you're paying more attention to the dynamics and stuff like that. I mean, that's in my case. I don't know about you, um, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, how, how did it how did it improve your your skills then? Um, more with the with the dyna I'm from the dynamic side of stuff, and like just paying paying more attention to what I was doing with bass frequencies, making sure they wasn't flabby, that they were translating well onto yeah. the, onto mm -hmm. the record. Because I, I mean, a lot of my music, a lot of the bass is quite I don't know if unambiguous is the right word to use, but it's like it kind of like it's a bit 
mushy, you know. <laughs> and infrabase. Um, yeah. It's, everything's a lot more lower down in the frequency spectrum. Yeah, stuff. you're from the UK. What do you what do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, and I really like that sound, but it's put to get it so it's it's clear and it's functioning on a on a record actually made my stuff better and I, yeah. I started to write music without bass. I mean if you listen to my album, it's not very bass heavy. And um you know, but it's very it's it's very prominent in like the mid bass range, which was entirely because of the whole I was in the process of learning the the the, mm. the live. Yeah. And you know, and then I was like, oh, you know what? Actually, I really like the sound of this stuff. Where it's not so bassy anymore. You know, I'm getting a nice sound, and and um, so yeah, I wouldn't. The al- my album wouldn't have sounded the same if I wasn't getting every day pulling my hair out with this live. You know, um, mm. so yeah, there's a few different. It was like you said, it's, you, you can't. I don't. For me, it wasn't really pinpointing exactly what changed. I think. Like anything, when you when you're learning stuff and when you're getting better or whatever, time, just being stuff, being with stuff for a long period of time, yeah. just eventually changes everything about. The Ab- way you absolutely, work. yeah. Putting in the hours, man. It's the yeah. the ten thousand hours rule or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. I would say it's uh, one hundred thousand hours. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we'll get we'll get you to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, also, every time you go in the studio, you know, I keep on learning every day. Doesn't matter yeah. what, but you know, yeah. you know, you do stuff by accident, and then you think, "Ah, oh, yeah." So it's it's a whole learning process, you know. Uh, even if you start from the beginning till the end, probably it, you keep on learning, right? But that's, that's is there the best, any is there thing. any piece is there any piece of gear, Charlton, or any any studio tool that has changed your way of working? Uh, yeah, two, two things actually mm. is that I went Euro Rack now. That totally blew my mind. I was first bit against it, like, because uh, <laughs> I thought it would be just, you know, pulling cables around, but it's not. It's it's, it's, ama- it's amazing. And, uh, yeah, certain outboard uh, effects, you know, like uh, tape delays and digital tape delays and stuff really made me change my... Uh, it's just, I think it's more experimental now than ever. <laughs> also because of... Uh, there is no parties or something, so I'm I'm really uh, experimenting right now, you know, with 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 everything, so to speak. And as we we were in the studio together, uh, <laughs> that was also not really uh, normal music, you know. So no, uh, that's I, <laughs> man, I I really enjoyed that session, man. It's yeah. um, I mean, I I I knew your sort of for for techno kind of stuff, you know, and and but what we did together without. Uh, without a plan, basically, we just press start and record it for I don't know six hours straight or something. Maybe eight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was just it was just a massive session, and and we went from there was so much dynamics in the in the type of stuff we did. You know, like some some of it was really, you know, crazy loud, chaotic, and other stuff was really sort of uh, I don't know, almost I, I hate. To use the word jazz, but it was, it was very sort of, um, imp, you know, very improvised and very um, free. Um, yeah, free, like free form. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. It was cool. I nice, mean, nice experience for me also. So yeah, it was nice. It was super nice, and uh, not a lot. You know, like normally I wouldn't really uh, like release stuff like that or whatever because people mostly people know me from the harder uh, things but i make i make so much i've got a hard drive full of music 
which I've never even released. But I'm, I finish them, but mm. I, I hardly release any music, which is actually a bit stupid of myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, just throw it on your yeah. Bandcamp. What, yeah, I think I'm, th I'm thinking of uh, throwing some stuff on Bandcamp also, yeah, probably. Because uh, it's just... Yeah, it's just rotting on my hard drive. Rotting on your hard drive. Decomposing. Decomposing, you know. Like, you need to dust it down. Like, spider webs on my hard drive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, seriously, that that was the whole point of uh, of the whole store project, you know, because everybody has got these things that they, they really like recording, and you know, all these magic studio moments that uh, are not quite fit for an EP that you want to release under your name as your, you know, be part of your profile, but are still just really uh, amazing moments and uh, you know expressions, basically that. Um, are worth finding a, a format for, you know? So that's the that's what we do with the store archive. It's just all these things that happen in this room that are maybe not fit to go into the Beatport top 10, you know, but still are very valuable to, for because it, it was just a nice moment with a nice person, you know, just good vibe. And, and I think it's worth, you know, bringing this, you know, releasing these stuff, these, these things as well. Um, Colleen, <coughs> question from Francesco. Oh, um, just because I haven't bothered to buy an Octatrack. <laughs> so I don't have any enough money. <laughs> but, like it's a <laughs> but it's a different, it's a totally different beast, isn't it? I, mean, I know. The, yeah. I, hate I like the simplicity of the, of the, <laughs> of the machine drum. It's just, um, you know, speaking of a piece of equipment that changed the way I, you know, was working it, nothing more than a, electron sequencing. It just like changes the whole way I thought about writing stuff. Um, and yeah, I I need an, I would like an Octatrack, but part of me doesn't want to spend the time to learn it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like everything is so, I is so much in a flow of how I'm writing things. And at the moment, I just don't want to, dedicate a lot of time to learning something new to be honest but i will get an octatrack <laughs> but the machine drum has its own thing it sounds everything sounds really rough on it in a good way never change a winning I'm team you know? if, yeah. if, if you if you can get it done with the machine drum why not you know I'm exactly scared. So how I'm really scared of the electron stuff because it's, <laughs> you go in depth and you have to go in so many menus and yeah. like get lost you know so yeah. i just yeah. Yeah, I, I use this, just... this now. Uh, well, I'll grab it. It's the Toria Squid, basically. Looks like this. So, oh, no, basically, my whole studio is uh, linked up to this via MIDI and CV gate and everything. But I don't even look on the screen anymore, just re record and have fun. So, yeah, just a bit, uh, no, I, th I, think that, I think there's a certain type of people who can write music with menu diving and then there's certain <laughs> people who don't no, 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 no. Uh, and I, I'm really I'm really not into the way the electron workflow I mean, in fact the only electron I really yeah. like to use is the uh, model samples mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's like one one knob per function yeah and uh, you know I think you can really 
I don't know. I, some people not like this, obviously. Not everybody's like this, but you can really take away from the creative. Yeah. yeah, just like well, the but thing, it depends the thing, the on thing. how well you know it. Because for me, exactly, it's that's what I was going to say. It's just putting yeah. in the time to learn it, and like, I mean, every day I probably use that thing. So it's yeah. like, yeah, but I mean, I also, I mean, I don't know the Octatrack so well. I don't, I'm not dissing yeah. it. I know it's an amazing machine. Um, yeah. But when you, when you, you know, when you, what. When you don't have, like, say, if you're doing like techno stuff and you and you like to do live jams and that, like, the gear, the gear that thing towards like live performance and stuff. So, yeah. if you don't have one knob per function, how are you really making use of that machine? You know, like from a performance point of view. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you, and I know you can just assign things to blah blah blah, but you are, you are you are only you're suddenly you've got this powerful machine. But like, really, you can only use one tenth of it. Yeah, you know, and and that to me is just a waste of time. I would, I would rather than make it three times bigger and just put loads of knobs on there. I'll build, I'll, I'll, i give like an expansion pack with just a row of knobs with, where you well, can. Do, there, that would there, be perfect. I, huh? I know there's a lot of people using these uh, Fader Fox boxes. You know? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. They're, yeah, they, that's they what basically Tony does. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, you're Robin. Robin uses it as well, and uh, mm -hmm. I played uh, a set with uh, Aura, a guy from New York, uh, last weekend. Oh, that uh, was really cool. Yeah, and I really he uses. That. Thanks, and he uses the uh, so one of these faders, Fader Fox massive uh, control units, just to get instant access to all the layers of the of the yeah, 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 It yeah, makes yeah. it really that's come cool alive. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if if that's like Jamie, I totally agree with you. It's it's um, um, if you if you're performing, you want instant access to anything you want to do you would just want to want to be able to grab a knob and and do it you know yeah, yeah. and and if especially if your your way of performing is really improvisation like colleen does and 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 you do um uh, you know that then you really want to have this sort of uh, on the surface uh access to any, anything you can you come up with you know just you you really want to be intuitive be able yeah, to want, exactly. yeah. yeah and um the thing is, if if uh, there is a way to reach that level with the Octatrax by, you know, just making it your machine, your machine that does everything and spend hours and hours and hours and days and weeks and years behind yeah. the machine. So you get so fast on it that you can actually go to these levels and, and reach for the knob, you know, instantly, basically, whenever you require. Um, but it takes like... You years. know, you really have to make it. Well, yeah, you really have yeah. to make it your main machine. You know, and, yeah, and, and, and also like think about how many tracks you've not sacrificed, but you've lost out on by learning that. <laughs> man, you know? yeah. No, really, uh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. really. I, I oh, never. I don't want to learn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I yeah, never. I've busy. never once. I never once read a manual in my entire life. Yeah. And, oh, and, wow. and, and that's just because you know, if it's too complicated that I can't really, in the first few day or few days, really get my teeth into it, then it's not going to do anything for me. Mm. Um, so I mean, that's kind of how I, I, like I say, it's my own personal thing, you know. But um, yeah, I, I, I like this idea that you know, you just got things there, you you can understand it, and you can really like tame it. It, it, you were controlling it, and it's not controlling the way that you work. You know, and this is. But the thing about when you, I love manuals because sometimes, <laughs> like I do, I love them. I'm like, oh, I read them on my Kindle, 
When's your birthday? Well, it was uh, December 23rd. <laughs> I, have, I have like shelves and shelves of manuals. my <laughs> way. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that you don't know, uh, sometimes features on a machine will give you ideas. Like yeah. so much, sometimes you don't know. It'll. It's often, especially the electron stuff has given me, when I know something's possible, I'm like, oh, I never know I wanted to do that. Or, and even if it's not that feature, it'll start me thinking about something else that I could do in a similar way. So sometimes manuals, for me, inspire creative ideas. Yeah. Just That's by good. the features themselves. Right. So, mm-hmm. I always check out the manual, manuals. I always check out the manuals to find MIDI CCs. Because, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I want to know where the MIDI CCs yeah. go so I can freak out on it. You know, that's yeah. why. But well, for the rest, like, yeah, I, I, I'm not really going through the technical bits. Yeah. Or, you know, how to switch MIDI or whatever. That's yeah. the only thing I search <laughs> up. But I don't really go in depth and I just try to figure it out myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah, any of you use the BeatStep Pro? Jamie, do you use it live? Uh, I, I, I did once, but um, yeah. it wasn't functioning properly with me. It, no. kept, yeah. it wasn't. wasn't. I, lo- I, love, I love that we're in 2021 and there's still machines that don't sync MIDI properly. Yeah, it's brilliant. That's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of them. So, yeah, and um, you know, I, I got it because I was, I, I was using modular in that. And, um, yeah, that's what I was wondering um, for the modular. So many people use it, but I've yeah, never but used I, it. Man, simp- simplicity is the key, man. And, and yeah. the moment, I mean, the moment, the moment that you you realize that. I mean, for me, the moment I realized that I didn't have to overcomplicate things, my mu- the music I was performing live was becoming so more creative and so much more in-depth, you know, um, because I was using my hands more, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I, when I perform live, I, use, I, start, I, I sacrificed the sequencing for looping, mm-hmm. um, so I, I use a lot more of my body. With the with the with the well, I was twiddling knob twiddling and, uh, <laughs> and uh, looping that up. So I was so I thought right, I get rid of the complicated fucking sequencer because this is not doing nothing for me. Um, and I just get a, a, a these. I have used I haven't got it here. It's like a big Boss RC five hundred five. It's oh got yeah, a big, got, a, got a big yeah. effing buttons on it. You know, five tracks stereo tracks. So you just whack whack the button in the set. You can see it perfectly in the dark. Um, and then I, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, and then I, and then this, and then I, I, I sacrificed audio looping for sequencing. Uh, so you're creating a sequence, yeah. and then yeah, so yeah, you're just, and then jamming out on the sequencing, and then instead yeah. of like trying to evolve that sequence in a live setting, is just lay, yeah. layering loops up. Yeah. Um, became more creative for me, um, and a lot more. Fr- freeing because yeah. the, the thing is with live performance is you need space to think you know mm-hmm. and when you've got 110 db smashing in your ears and you know this, yeah. you know you maybe in little, front of you like ah! people like eh, the lights like da, 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 and then you're a little bit drunk or whatever <laughs> you know and it's like oh and you can get so easily lost yeah. you know but when i switched to the looping I, you know it's just it mm-hmm. just was like i could take a step back 
I could, if I was doing it solo or with Ar- uh, Pariah, Arthur, I yeah. could talk to him a little bit and be like, all right, so mm, what do I do next? Yeah, it gave me that extra 30 seconds to think, right, right how do I approach the next five minutes? Yeah. Right, yeah. so so can you run us, run us through the, um, the process there? Because... Um, you obviously do have stuff that it that is um, that you program on the fly, right? You <clears throat> you're making yeah, lines yeah. of stuff. Everything. Do you yeah, do yeah. you pre do you preview that on the headphones, or you just throw it in no. and just go with it? Just throw it in, man. Really? Throw it in. Yeah, <laughs> nice yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not nice. No, it's, it's a little bit. It's like uh, I mean, it sounds really unprofessional, isn't it? But it's like no, um, it's... you know, I get a, I get a sequence of going. I, I roughly, I mean, I lo- I roughly know all this stuff, so I like I know what what it's gonna kind of sound like and without then listening without listening yeah and then i'll okay. eat and then i'll tw- and then i'll ease it in just so it's quite low in the mix but just so i can hear it right, okay, <laughs> and okay. then if it's and if it's really bad if it's really bad then it's out and then i start again <laughs> <laughs> But then you know, and, then, and you know, and this is this is the beauty of that stuff, you know, because most of t- sometimes you get that thing, you're like, oh my god, I weren't fucking expecting that, but it sounds sick. Mm. And, yeah, yeah, and this yeah, hap- yeah. this happens this happens more than the mistakes for sure. Mm. Right, so um, and and this, but this also depends on your setup. You know, you got when you're doing a live set. I mean, you know, you've done live sets for years. You know, you re- how you set it up, how you prepare, not necessarily prepare like sequencing or whatever but yeah, how you think you, how you think out the system how you think yeah. out your system is yeah the most Everything. important thing you'll ever do mm-hmm. yeah um so this so you need to really take time to think right how am i going to interact with this machine or machine yourself right like you yeah, everybody got their own little uh ways and uh, things to to create uh, a, a life set i guess uh when i play life it's basically more I just go random. I have I have a, have a sequence that does random things, and if it sounds alright, I'll, I'll you know hit and miss actually. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, that's the point. That's the fun part. Fun part. So I'm, I'm doing the hit and miss thing, and programming drums on the fly, and it can all be in one yeah basically one or two machines. So it's. it's quite you know it's, it's, it's cool uh, it works out for me but some people really have a note with them and and you know you know when you have the note and you check what's what and you yeah never have no through i've never done that uh, <laughs> uh, yeah I'm so what do you what do you do when when you when you get a miss, uh, Charlton? Do you do you go with it? Do you still pretend this is uh, okay? This is uh, I'll be t- I'll what I was fish. intentional. Yeah, man. Totally. It's really wicked. <laughs> and then you know, within, within two minutes, it's gone. You know, like uh, so. Yeah, you can show some effects over it, and like uh, you know. Have a little, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> acting. You, you, a bit of acting. <laughs> Razzle dazzle them. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically the, the way. It's, it's just all like free form, man. You know, it's yeah. just fun. Yeah, you, like, you do it with uh, without pre-listening as well, right, Colleen? You just throw things yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't figure out how to pre-listen. To be honest, okay. I've never been able to figure out how to do it somehow, which I know is really stupid. But yeah, I don't. <laughs> I just figure, yeah, I kind of know basically what it's going to sound like. You know what I mean? You have an idea if you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is probably be or no, what not work, what doesn't work, certain sequences that you know 
always work. And then so you so you you basically you you take the visual cues of the of whatever uh, you know. Uh, uh, unit you are using, you basically you change the sequence and you think, okay, the, so this is a low note, this is a higher note, and this is a rest, and blah blah blah, and I'll just throw it in and see what happens. Is that is that how you sort how you do of. it? Sort of. I have a lot of my live set is like a lot of like the bare bones are already set up so that mm -hmm. I don't have to stress out in front of a crowd because nothing is like when you look stressed, the crowd is not having fun. Oh yeah, yeah just yeah. that's just the one thing. If you start freaking out yeah. people are like okay something's wrong and yeah, they yeah. and they shut down and they're like yeah. they, you've lost them so i have to have something that i can like if things are going wrong you know if some piece of equipment magic is going wrong bump. i have something to like exactly and then <laughs> while i'm fist bumping so um so i have a bare bones of things that i know that um will keep at least the pace moving and then I have, and that's pre-programmed. It's like your rescue, yeah. your rescue sort of um, exactly. go. Like, yeah, okay, okay. Almost like a you know a playlist on a yeah. DJ set in case everything yeah. goes wrong. You don't have to think. Yeah. So then I have one sequencer I'm using a lot um, is the on the Euro rack is the Verbos Electronics Voltage Multi Stage, which is the best one of the best my favorite sequencer it's only you can have a total of um 16 steps but it's really easy to change the step length really quickly and then um that i pretty much just kind of flip around and something cool will happen especially if i just do a five-step sequence that to me always sounds cool mm. <laughs> no matter what you do and you don't yeah. need to change a lot of the the cd that one is fun so but i have like a, a base set up and then i can do things on top and the things on top i pretty much have some i don't know see what happens sometimes yeah. i forget where things are that i have saved and I think I'm doing the next thing I was supposed to do and it's not. And then I'm like, okay, yeah. well, I guess I'll just go with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I, I just want, I, you know, what an important thing about this whole idea of sequencing live and not really knowing what you're doing beforehand. Um, one of the most important parts of that whole thing is that you, you are removing yourself a little bit from your pre-existing ideas. Like you're not, doing like everybody do, has the same ideas in their head no matter how creative you think you are you're always repeating the same shit yes. you know especially, <laughs> especially in life so the beauty, i mean one of the main yeah, one of the main reasons I, I i really got into this idea of improvising live because you're somehow like unplugging yourself from this and you, you know you're taking this risk but you're also creating something that you are not fully in control of mm. and it's again back to this happy accidents thing you know um, you're rem you're removing the uh, what's the word the the repetitiveness of your own mind from 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 the creative process because it's just random a little bit and and this is uh, I think that's one of the most important parts of the whole thing you know yeah and yeah you I, it? I absolutely agree I mean the the I think this is the the essence of of uh, of a live show that is um, uh, done in such a way that it's um surprising for your you know to yourself even 
you know, you know, it, it's within like a framework. It's within a, a threshold or a limit, you know. So, so it's it, it's not like anything at all can happen. It's it's um, you you there, but there is a, a certain amount of uncertainty, um, uh, basically baked into the system, that causes you to kind of um, be on on the tip of your toes. You know, like you have to kind of rescue yourself out of situations. And, um, yeah. and you can kind of, um, yeah, you, you end up with these surprises, surprise moments, which, uh, yeah, which, which are new to you, you know, that they're, they're completely new. They have never existed before. And, and you have to kind of, uh, go with it or rescue yourself out of, and, and that makes the, and the creates a really interesting and exciting dynamic. And mm-hmm. I, if you, if you have everything pre-programmed, you're basically just playing down a playlist, mm. you know, and, and you know what's going to happen. And there is no no tension. There is no danger. There's nothing. There's just uh, playing back, you know, and it's exactly. it's almost like playing playing back uh, vocals, like playbacking, you know, like uh, and, and it's if, lip syncing. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, lip syncing. Yeah. Totally. I mean, yeah. I, I just need to go back to that question, though. Like, I think there was a question up there. Yeah, was, what was it? You, you think about being in tune or scales, but I mean, this guy knows we're techno producers, right? We don't. Only if I, you know, if I would be playing a keyboard or something, but that's totally nah. different music. Well, <laughs> actually, yeah. actually, I, I would, I mean, you playing with uh, Pariah quite a bit, you know? So yeah. when, I mean, I, yeah, I, I do it. Yeah, when when I when I do uh, sets together with other people and they they have a clear tune to whatever they're doing, I do pre-listen on my. Uh, I usually use a DJ mixer for my live performances because that's just a very in- intuitive, very straightforward yeah, yeah, tool. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, and um, I do listen, you know, on my headphones whenever I create a new line, whether how it's going to relate to whatever is going on already, and in you know I do. T- take the tune into my into the consideration you know it's not, it can't be like just a one semitone off or something uh, but then again if you're if you're playing at, at a pa system the because of the acoustics and the and the loudness you know you might misguess the, the tuning anyway exactly. so yeah. it's like so you might you know the the best strategy is to go way off the of of whatever no, exactly. the other person yeah, is doing yeah. you know just do something completely different which is not in tune at all and it's going to sound better than if you try well, to tune it to to exactly. something that's well, already I, going I, on i also had that experience we were using quantizers and uh man you know we, i we even had some really effed up situ- uh, settings where we were having like quantizers coming from a uh, an audio out and coming in here and like uh, uh, figuring out the pitch. I mean, I can't really remember how it was, but it was really like we were really obsessed with getting like right. Let's get everything in key. Uh, that <laughs> sounded shit. Yeah. And it, was, it was really, it was really bad. There was not like I said again, stripping the soul out of the music. You know, so like having like these, you know. Yeah, you and also you can never guess it right hard. because yeah, there's just not, no way. Always, it's not hard to tune your oscillator a little bit. You might you might get a little, but it's like yeah, yeah. Man, come on, it's like half a set, half a second, and then you know. Also, if you don't want to be perfectly in tune with the other person, like because when you're a little bit off, you get a nice little bit of flange phasing, whatever. Mm. And this sounds also sounds cool, you know. You don't want mm. to be when you. I'm talking about techno, you know. If you're in doing techno, you don't you don't you want to just 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 forget about mm. tunings to a certain extent. Um, you know, because 
Is well, it, it, depend, it depends on what you what you yeah what you what, what tuning what tuning is. I mean, I mean, if tuning if tuning means being exactly on the same uh, you know frequency no, hertz like not. the exact same note, you know, then okay, no, there's no, no way I, no, I consider no way. that. But if but you can you can have harmonics which are not necessarily uh, you know forced to a scale, but still are making sense in in you know compared to whatever else is going on you know yeah. there's definitely that you know so there's even though it might be out of tune in in uh, in the music theory kind of way it might still sound coherent when when you're doing it and and i think that's more, way more important than you know hitting the right uh, note or the right scale or the right um um you know theoretical uh companion to whatever's going on you know I think so, if you yeah. try to like, um, you run into problems with that when you try to make your live set sound like a DJ set, because yeah. then you have mm -hmm. to worry about everything being in tune and the kick drum is the right for the bass. And it's, if you don't have time for that, you know, for mm -hmm. in a live setting, but you have to just embrace it. But mm -hmm. if you're trying to make, you know, recreate tracks live or make it sound like everything, like a, like a DJ set, then you have problems and then you have to worry about all that tuning. But if you just embrace it being live and a little bit loose, then, then you don't have to worry about that. I feel like, but if you're trying to do something that sounds already produced, then it is much more difficult and not necessarily worth it. In my opinion. <laughs> tuning is do what, do what I do to my yeah, exactly. It's the only tuning you should be. He's got a quick call then, isn't it? He? Got a quick call, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, tuning is what you do to cars. Exactly. Mobile yeah. <laughs> exhaust, like. No, but I, I, I definitely agree. It's it's um you know, I mean you have to consider the 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 environment where where people experience sets like this, you know. It's uh it's gonna sound different from anywhere in the room where you are uh standing, it's gonna sound different on, on you know, in every club, it's gonna sound different in you know, the like the acoustics and the environment is such a big part of how it comes across and what vibe it creates in the room. And I think uh, managing those things, like, uh, you know, getting your idea across in that particular situation with that particular sound system and with that particular crowd is way more important than whether things are in tune or whether, you know, it musically makes sense or whatever. You know, it's it's about the energy and the, you know, dynamics of, uh, of, of what you're doing. And it's about the, you know, the build-ups, attention. Uh, the you know the, the the sense of risk you know the communication with the audience that's all way more important than um, tune or being chromatically correct. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. tuning tuning is a is a defined scale by whoever. You know, depends on the music you're doing, also. You know, if you're going to play exactly. like some Detroit Strings, you better be in key. That's moments for difficult. You know, when I'm going exactly. on the keyboard and I play keys, yeah, I'll, all right, I better be in tune because otherwise <laughs> it won't yeah, sound yeah. that nice, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I think, I yeah. think for, the, for the music that we are, all four of us play, though, you know, you can be very loose Free. with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and and yeah, it's more about it's more about frequency. Go to the loo quickly. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Atonality yeah. <laughs> 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 is um, 
is also uh, a thing, you know. You should never forget about being using atonal frequencies and stuff because they also have a have a place creatively and musically, you know. They create a certain emotion, they create a certain vibe. And especially on in a club, you know, to me like a, a major chord in a club it sounds awful. I don't know, it's my own personal experience, but hearing something more atonal or diminished or like something that more generally towards like a jazz chord or something mm. is much more um, uh, physical in a club than, mm. than, a, than a straight harmonic fifth or whatever. You know, it's just, I don't know. And that, you know, that's personal preference, I guess, and the music that you play. But, um, you know, that's why I, I really love techno because it, it really embraces atonality. Um, and that side of things. So, yeah, yeah. Chris Allen is dropping in. Hey, what's up, Chris? Uh, question for Lady Starlight and Blow One. How do you handle stereo elements in your live performances, or do you tend to keep everything mono? Is there something you think about stereo? Yeah, I we I use stereo. Yeah, yeah. How? Um, uh, with effects. Only with effects, never with uh, on the mixer. So if I want, if we have a, I usually have a set where everything's mono. Um, I think Arthur uses a, a, a synthesizer that has stereo, that has a stereo output, and with stereo. But again, it's the same. It, it, the way that it, it uh, creates a stereo field is with effects delays, basically. So um, yeah, I use we use a big bank of effects. And we have them all on the orcs. And if we want the sim, if I want the synth to be wider, then I'll put a reverb or a delay on it. Uh, and yeah, ping pong delay or something. Um, and that's really the only way you can do it, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, I, keep I mean, you, you keep it mono. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the thing is, though, I mean, um, stereo just also causes you don't have people monitoring properly to get into that. Sure, that can be that can be one one issue. But the other thing is that um, let's say, you know, uh, you have a room of uh, two thousand people. Only maybe two hundred people are getting the full stereo experience. And exactly. if you're if you're in front of the PA on the on the far left of the of the room, you're gonna right. miss everything that's going on on the right. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why you should you should never touch you should never really touch the pans on the desk. Really, you should only really do it with effects because. Mm. You know, unless you're doing a creative thing with the with the stereo field, you've got, like you say, you've got a large proportion of the audience who just don't know what the hell you're doing, you know. It's so going to be out of balance for most people, yeah. 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 We're talking about stereo uh, while you were on, at the loop. <laughs> stereo, stereo. We're finished now, man. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do without me, Thanks for being here, man. Really good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> That was quite quite a bit, bit up. We got run all the way to the hallway, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> question. Uh, question from uh, T R S C T R. I don't know how to pronounce that. It's probably a trick on uh, on me <laughs> to make me struggle. Uh, do you try to recreate things you improvise at gigs when you are in the studio afterwards? I just did that actually. Okay. Yeah, I've done that, and just like last week. I did that. It wasn't very successful, but I did try. <laughs> I did try. Because <laughs> I listened back to a set I had done a live stream for. So I had like um, 
you know, cause there's no way if, if you're improvising, you can't, you have to obviously have a recording of it or you can't remember. I don't remember what I did, but yeah, I just did. Um, I just did that. So could you get, get it, could you get the same thing? Could you, were you able to recreate the same thing that you felt when you no, were doing but, it though? No, but it was the basic idea of it. Right. So I tried, but it wasn't, it wasn't the same. It didn't work very well, I have to say, but I did okay. try. <laughs> well, um, one, one of the, one of the really unexpected things that I noticed when I, I was talking about using a looper before, um, and the, and the looper that I used is I've been using that we've been using a loop. I've been using a looper now for like six years and I have, and now because it saves everything I do, I have oh, six, really? I have six years worth of stems. <gasps> From oh, every sure. single <laughs> that I've got, so man, you know, like, I have this little shit on my computer now, and if I want to, if I've got some ideas of thinking out there, then I just go back into my boss looper archive. There's something from 2014. Bang, it's in there and it's working. You know? and that, wow, that, does it every, does it oh does it keep everything inside the machine? Everything, everything. Wow, yeah. how, how big is the memory? Think, it's quite big. I think you can record like I don't know, 500 hours or something. Wow, um, dude, that could be know, an I, awesome. That could be an awesome sound pack. <laughs> oh, mate, it's, it's 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 it's. I think it's 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 pretty big. It's pretty big. I mean, there's there's easy like ten albums worth of material. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, it's cool, man. It's also with the current stuff and my own solo live stuff I did. You know, it's all there. Like all those little wow. tiny little one bar sequences that really killed it in the club. It's all yeah. there. Uh, drums, oh, everything. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this is also a good way, a good reason to use loopers because you know, you know, you're not getting just the stereo record. You've got the whole stems of what you did. Not everything mm. because obviously you don't loop everything up. But yeah. um, you know, usually when I layer a lot of synths and like you know to have all even all those layers separated and unaffected is is really um, is really killer, man. I mean, I wrote so a lot. A lot of that stuff's made it into music, into tracks that I released, you know. So, um, yeah, that's amazing. Wow, yeah, actually, yeah. that's, that's one really one good. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like, <laughs> I, I would recommend it. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. brilliant. You know, you can yeah. build up tracks really easy. Like I said, you've got these big fucking buttons on there, so you see, it's really easy. You want to delete it, you hold the the stop button down for two seconds but you know and and um it's just simple you know yeah. i've got so how- i have the i have uh the the sp16 uh thing by pioneer and you can basically uh do live looping too which is uh, yeah, yeah. like 16 bars or something Okay. Well, I hardly, I hardly use it. Maybe that's something to think about too in the future. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. you know, I, I also I thought about like if anyone's listening to this who, who's good with. Uh, no, nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> We're just chatting amongst. <laughs> no, because I always thought because I really, I really love the boss. I really love the boss. I mean, it's a roll. It's a RC five or five. You know, it's a cheap. I've, I've, I've been, I bought four of them because they break. You know. Um, <laughs> And they're not they're not cheap, and um, but I really would like to design my own version of this that was basically the same but just more robust. <laughs> and um, you know, um, and that, that that's something I hope I can do one day because I'm sick of buying them. But they they're so it's so important to my live workflow. This little cheap beatboxing machine. Mm-hmm. That, um, yeah. So 
Yeah, I would. I would. Anyone who's interested in playing live, just just give it a go. If you can borrow one or whatever, just give it a try, and you'll be like, Pfft. Mm. so yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, especially especially the fact that it just uh, remembers or saves uh, yeah. all, the, all the all the sort of uh, instant. Yeah, I mean, there's something about. Um, throwing things together uh, without thinking when you're in a life situation, and especially yeah. if you, you know, if you, if you keep all of them and you use them in a different context, you know, yeah. there, there there are probably some gems yeah, in there. Stuff. And also, the the great thing is with this machine, you've got five stereo tracks. But what you've got all your stuff, you're looping it up. It's good. It sounds more techno because it's looped. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> everything sounds techno yeah, when it's looped. You know, like, we, we don't have these, like when you're using a drum machine or a synth, you've got these microtonal changes that you don't necessarily hear, but your hear knows this is not as techno as it should be. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, but, but, like, but because you've got these faders with all these parts, you can suddenly take your live set to the next level because you can suddenly start creating structure. Mm. real structure to the to the songs you know you can take it out you can bring it down slowly and then you can push it back up again all with just two hands and you don't have to worry about putting a filter or whatever it's all your structure's there you know and you can make mm. this your life set way more complex and and dynamic you know by by uh having layers of uh loops um mm. so i mean you could do this shit on a computer you know but um again it's like just this simplicity thing with this machine that really helps you know yeah, that's the thing that always comes up, you know, it's, uh -huh. it, you know, of course you could do it on a computer, you can do all, yeah. you can basically replicate basically every function of every piece of gear that, yeah. <laughs> that you have in a computer, yeah, yeah. but yeah, the yeah. process is so important, yeah. you know, it's not having the possibility to do anything else than that is making you, you know, it forces you to basically use its limited features and, and get the most out of it, and that could have guides you in, in uh, getting to a result much quicker than if you have all these options kind of you know, lurking in the background. Yeah. Ah, Cedric is uh, saying time to buy a looper. Yes, Cedric, go yeah. for it. Then. <laughs> buy a looper. <laughs> I, I mostly for all my first releases were basically on 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 computer. I, did, I didn't really used to use hardware, but the last five years I got in, uh, I really got into it. And yeah, it is it is a different uh, way of uh, just hands on, and it's quicker for my idea now. Because I would like uh, over overproduce with software, if if you know what I mean. So, oh yeah, I, I mean I think we've all been there, right? I mean, yeah. uh, it is so tempting, and it and it yeah. I've talked about this before, but if 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 my studio would burn down, it, it would still be a computer that my first purchase would be. You know, like that's the first thing I would get back, because yeah. it it's it's virtually limitless. You can do everything, every bloody. I, yeah, you know, yeah, everything you can do everything. everything. It is just a process that can be uh, daunting, and it can be you know limiting to your creativity because you have all the options available all the time, which you know can be confusing. Uh, Tony, yeah, Tony, Surgeon is a big Tony, fan of loopers. Tony, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I Actually, do remember. I remember Tony used to use that weird little. Tony, what was that thing called that you used? I the, think it was an M M M M M S or. Oh man, that looks such a pain in the ass, man. Actually, well, he's got he's got it. He still, yeah, he's got he's got it. I think he still uses it, but um, I mean, we I did shows with him together, and and that's basically what he uses to layer things. You know, just have something, yeah, yeah, yeah. just throws yeah, it in, right. and just keeps stacking oh, stuff on yeah. top. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't, yeah, it was electro harmonics. 
That's the one. We also, yeah. I, I'm is also it? used to use yeah. one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I also used to use one of those. But uh, it's important, man, mm-hmm. um, to use a looper in tech. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Everything you loop for one or two bars is um, is instant groove, you know, I guess. Instant yeah. repetition is, um, you know, it's the rep- I, I'm, I sometimes wonder, I've tried it, when how much you can shorten or extend a loop before it starts not being musical. I think maybe from my my years, maybe eight minute, eight eight bars is probably the limit. If you go beyond that, it doesn't sound sound like a loop anymore. No. And maybe four, four or eight, and and shorter than half a bar is is the same. You know, if you go I mean, shorter I, than that, one yeah. bar and two bars, man, is is brilliant. Yeah, one or two is the, <laughs> one, one and two is. is yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends what what type of music, right? I mean, I I usually have it set where on the on the five channels I have one bar, one bar, two bar, two bar, and then one eight bar at the end, mm. and uh, so I structure it like as you can imagine. Drums and bass lines on one, more interesting leads on two bars, and then pads and evolving stuff on the eight. And um, yeah, <laughs> give now, it away. With, on boss, that. with the boss looper, can you do how? What are your options for like looping? Endless. Like, you, can do a, you can do a 500 hour loop. Can you do it like <laughs> a, a, a loop? Wow. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Wow. But you, you can set it up. You, you can, I think I might be, I might be wrong in the number. Maybe someone in the chat can correct me but it's pretty long and okay. like you don't you you can have like obviously what one beat loops are uh as much as the hard drive can record basically nice. it's not it's not and you could also they can be independent as well so they don't have to be synced and stuff so if you oh, want wow. to use syncopated stuff um like some experimental music you've also got that option with it you know it's mm-hmm. pretty it's pretty pretty cool um, yeah I just wish it, I just wish it, I just wish it wasn't like a plastic fantastic thing you know because it's really cheap um you know it just needs to be more rugged when you're a touring musician man I mean I mean, like I say I've I've been using it s- 6 years and I've gone through four it's yeah. really and and it's like for the things like 400 euros you know so like yeah that's not nothing not <laughs> yeah not so when you, said, you, buy, you said, when you make yours, I'll buy it. I'll be your first customer. I think I think you're selling a lot of loopers tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You say anyone at Roland, you know, you can you can hit me up, man. You should, you should, yeah. <laughs> you should be endorsed. You should be endorsed by them, right? Exactly. Know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Send you four for the, all the ones that you shouldn't have had to buy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you said it has a hard drive, but does it actually have a have a physical I drive? Or I think it's a solid state. Oh right, okay. I was going to say that's just just asking for trouble. If it no, no, it's not a hard drive. Yeah. it's solid. I just. <laughs> yeah. X, uh, importance of high fidelity ADDA converter in the signal chain. I would say. I mean, in the studio, it's really important, you know. It's, you should, it's, you should it's it. your. I mean, it. The, the short. The short story is shit in, shit out. You know. So if if you don't <laughs> capture, yeah. If if you don't capture your stuff well, if you don't st- capture your stuff for high quality, it's gonna always sound, you know, limited. And yeah, and sure. actually, if you got something recorded really well, if you have a really high def, um, A to D converter in your studio, it's it just 
makes a lot of EQing and compression and all you know kinds of trickery obsolete because it's just recorded really well and yeah. it, ta- it saves you a lot of time. If if it if it's recorded well, you can you have way more uh, possibilities to um, yeah just le- it just handles everything easier you know because it's 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 there in high def and you can hear all the the subtleties in your sound. You don't have to bring out any details that you want to hear it's all there so you can you can work way more subtractive than um if, if you have bad sounding uh, yeah, yeah. ad converters in yeah, subtractive also, i'm in subtractive i mean you just get rid of the stuff you don't want and the stuff that is that remains is is still high quality and if you have low quality uh a to d then you find yourself pushing uh, for certain frequencies much more and try to, you know, over-EQ over things a lot more because you want something out of it which isn't there, you know? You just want to have stuff happening which is not recorded properly. properly. Yeah. Also, preamps. I yeah. Mean, I, I, yeah. I, I, would, I would say the two most important things, especially if you've got, like, drum machines and whatever, external stuff, you should always get good A-to-D converters and good preamps because, like you say, you won't need to start EQing, you won't need to start compressing. You'll suddenly realize that well, my music sounds alive. You don't have to try to make it's like resuscitating a dead person. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to start injecting injecting the sound with stuff that's not there. Yeah, it's, you know what I mean. Yeah, but that's what. But that's what a lot of like like it's, it's really interesting point what you said, Joachim, about like when you've got good preamps and a good converter, you're only subtracting. You're not. You know, adding distortion by using, uh, like compensating with boosting EQ or anything. You know, if you mm. if you can if you can if you can mix a track where you've only cut, then you've done something right and not mm. wrong. You know, which is a good way to start. It's also just a really waste of buying expensive hardware. You know, if you buy mm. like a, for example, if you're into synthesis and you spend like shitloads of money on your modular and, and hardware synths, like, you know, you know your Moogs and I don't know, whatever you, you're like stuff that is, has a massive uh, dynamic range. If, if you have stuff like that sitting around and, and recorded with some crappy AD converter, you just lose 90% of the, of the dynamics of, of, of machines like that, you know, it's just, um, it's just a waste of money. I would, you know, it's just not, um, I mean, you could get away with it if you use like eight bit samplers and, you know, just have low quality input anyway, but, um, yeah, just to have the range um, to record every subtle detail of any type of equipment that you have is uh, going to save you a lot of um, trouble afterwards. And, you, and you'll enjoy your, your, your instruments better because you can zoom into the... I mean, there's nothing as good as zooming into sound, right? Yeah. <laughs> sitting, sitting behind a synth to see what it can do, you know, just explore the full range of things and just see what it can do and just play with, with all, the, all the subtle uh, characteristics that a certain uh, machine offers you and, and be able to really zoom into that. It's just not possible with crappy sound cards. And, but if, you, if, you're, if you're a big resampler, like resampling, you know, uh, I do that a lot, uh, because on a computer, you can do some really crazy shit if you just resample, resample. Mm. You, if you get a good converter that can, and, and time stretching or whatever, pitch shifting, you know, if you can record at 96 uh, kilohertz, you're going to get so much more information to play around with, so much more creative room that you're mm. not just going to destroy the audio. Um, you know, 
this is also why you should get a good sound card, a good converter, really, to to record at the highest possible quality. You know, um, yeah. What is a good AD converter? Is Burkunk Jesse, I believe, is asking that on the Twitch. Um, is a mid-range USB multi-track mixer a bad plan, Maxi or Soundcraft? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it depends uh, on what you want to do. Uh, yeah, how much money? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just buy um, just buy a twenty twenty thousand euro no. AD converter. No, oh, but you know, you know what? You know what? Like, if you can if you can buy an Apogee Duet, you'll write good hmm. stuff with that. It's a great sounding sound card. Uh, to be I don't honest, know how much it costs, yeah. but you know, um, yeah, it's like six seven hundred. Yeah, I don't know, but it's that definitely. That's that's it's a stereo in, but it, it, at least you you would be able to capture everything high def. Yeah, that's a good one for a project studio, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, thing is, um, once you go over a certain price range, if you're into the you know, if you're like in the Apogee, you know, uh, Lynx UAD kind of range, then you're fine. You know, you can go steps beyond that. You know, but uh, it's only going to add like one percent of extra definition or you know stuff you can only hear on on really 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 high quality monitoring systems so if you if you if you're just reasonable if you, if you just have the not like lower range but like upper mid-range sound con sound uh converters then you're probably fine just don't go for the the, the you know the dirt cheap ones you know like the the mm. really ghetto uh <laughs> cheap ones yeah then you're gonna really miss out yeah you're just gonna really yeah. miss a lot of detail yeah 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 for sure um, yeah, so yeah, so yeah, the most okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then again, then again, I mean, so many amazing records have been made on crappy sound, sound gear, you oh. know. I mean, um, it's not always necessary to produce an, an amazing track or an amazing song if you don't actually own one, but it's just if you spend a lot of time in your studio and you're spending a lot of time, uh, a lot of money on on synths and gear, then it makes sense to also think about getting a good sound card. That's, I think I was, that sums it up, right? I guess. Totally, man. I think that's yeah. as much as you can say on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what else? We're um, all, we've already been talking for almost two hours, people. Oh, wow! What about really fast? Yeah, I, I mean, know, somebody, I mean, somebody, somebody just mentioned the Bell B two. I I also have this um, AD, uh, ADC converter because it's got transformers in it, and that, that's anyone who was in for Fancy. a high high end one. This one's this one's a good one. Which one is it? It's the Bell uh, B two bomber. Um, mm. It's got a it's got a trans a transformer on it, so you can really like knock it into the red. And it mm. sounds amazing and uh, convert analog to digital converter. Um, I use is that your your only one, or do you have several nah, others? I, you I, have different flavors. Goes, I don't know if you can see it. Actually. Don't rip out your cords. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's here, and then I go, and then it goes with the fancy cable. What's the cable called? The it looks a bit like. A, anyway, it's it's a digital cable that goes into the into the fireface. The fireface is just basically just to, to convert the the digital output of this bill into my computer. Um, but I, I I I use it's the only AD converter I use where I can hear the sound difference. All we get to like you mentioned, you get to a certain level, and you know you can spend God knows how much on a converter. But you know if if you can if you can buy a converter for twelve hundred euros, eighteen hundred euros 
pr- you're probably it's about as high end as a normal person would need. Yeah, and, um, I agree. You know, and uh, you know, but when I got the B2 bomber, when I'm sort of really knocking it into the hot zone, you can really hear the difference. You know, mm. and um, yeah. So anyone who's in, into a higher end thing, I would recommend getting. I'll try it, try one out at least. Anyway. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. To, I mean, one last thing. I mean, this is not to Italy, after all, right? I mean, uh, you know, all the blinking lights, but the, the outboard stuff you, you've got going on is something, and it's really interesting to me. So, mm. you process some some stuff in the box partly, and then and you also run th- stuff outside the box just to flavor it. Uh, um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, what what is the stuff you got as outboard to uh, just I'll show you. Uh, mess well, with the sound? Yeah. Giving away my fucking secrets. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> no, it's all right. Uh, yeah, so hang on, I'll just turn the screens up because it's a little bit. Nobody's um, going to use it the way you do. No, it's all right. It's all right. I'm only joking. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I use this is the, my summing amp mixer. It's a busted. Um, so, this is, I use this a bit complicated. It mixes, it depends on how I, also, it's wired up very strangely with my mixer. But, um, you know, and this also has nice features where, you know, you've got bass to mono and whatever. So this is really important because I don't have to do it in the box or stuff like that. So that would sit on your, on your stereo bus, This is, this bus, is on the right? mass stereo bus, yeah. yeah. And then Oops. it goes, hello, and then it goes yeah, from go. uh, uh, this, then I go into uh, direct, oh no, I'm sorry if you can see this actually, but let me just see. Hang on. Just this machine here. <laughs> this is a this is a clipper. It's a and this is the first stage. So this just gently soft clips all the transients I've got because when I use a modular, and you know I don't really want to knock the compression out like really too much. So I, I really just knock off the transients like the really sharp transients at the top, and then that just gives me a softer thing to work with with this stuff. And um, and I have a multiband compressor, a Mazelac. ML A4, um, which is fucking amazing. Um, mm. Then another compressor after that, uh, which is the, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the Giraffe G24, I think. Mm. And um, yeah, and then I go into a, a passive equalizer and then into um, a culture vulture. That's it. That's a hell of a chain, man. Yeah, and you yeah. Have every, yeah. Everything engaged all the time. But yeah, everything, everything is the uh, everything is always on. Everything's always. I'm always like adjusting a lot for color. I'm expanding a lot on the multiband compressor. Usually in the mids, um, doing some major DSing on the on the high channel. So that's always like knocking out like maybe nine. Nine, even twenty dB DSing sometimes. So I'm always really heavy on the DSing because it allows me to make the track brighter and still cut it to record quite well. Mm. And stuff. So, um, that it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff going on there. It's quite. I know we've been talking a lot now, but um, no, it's cool. That, I mean, that's that's yeah. just really interesting. I mean, the, yeah. the, but I mean, those are all really specific pieces of gear with very yeah. subtle characters. So yeah. Did I, I assume you didn't get all those in in in, uh, in one go, right? Because it no, takes no, a while to to really learn what these things do and, and discover all the subtleties, right? Uh, this is a lot of years of testing stuff yeah. and getting rid of stuff. And this this setup for me, it's been like this for a few years now because I'm just really happy with the level of control I've got over my music. I can make it really loud, and 
you know, I have this clipper here where I can shave off 4 dB of the whole track and you can't even hear it. It's, mm. it's not, you know, and that allows me to really, especially with a modular where you've got these really poppy transients, I can really get so, them. So basically, yeah. this is like a full-blown mastering stage uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, chain, you know? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, do you, yeah. Does your music go to a mastering, third-person mastering uh, yeah. place afterwards still? Even though, yeah, even though yeah. You have yeah, okay. I mean, some, it depends on the track a lot, but a lot of the time they're not really doing much, just... Um, <laughs> no, no, I mean... Yeah, some, good job, yeah, Jamie, here's your track. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, made, I made it half dB louder. <laughs> yeah, but I, actually, a lot of the time they make it quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, but... No I'm, not, no, I'm not trying to blow smoke up my ass, but I, I really... I, I'm re I, With the master chain, I really got to a point now where I really... When I go to the, the mastering engineer, the good the good point from... When I get my masters back, if it is not... Do if I'm, I can't hear a difference, <laughs> I know I'm, I've done all, I've done all right. But sometimes I have tracks where they completely changed the the sound of the thing, and I'm happy with that. I mean, I use... Right. E and M in in, Dub uh, in in Berlin, sorry, and um, I use Helmet, and uh, he's really and the f thing I always say to my mastering engineer, I just send him. I say I'm looking for color, I'm looking for warmth. You do your thing. I know you're always going to do a good job, and then that's it. Yeah, mm -mm. I don't I don't nitpick and say oh I want this louder here or whatever. It's just like you do your thing, and usually they don't do too much. I never limit anything. My track, some things. I mean, I a turn esque that I had to do to another mastering engineer, and it, I wasn't so happy with it. But um, I'm looking for like just dynamic and unlimited mastering. So and that's kind of where I'm at at the minute with that stuff. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> running off a little bit there. Oh, no, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, because you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like always like I'm like this guy. Who, I, I think I would re, I would really, I'm really into the idea of becoming a, a mastering engineer, but I know I would fucking hate it. So, <laughs> 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 no, I, I, I just, I just do it for my own stuff. So that, I'm, I'm really into that kind of side of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like uh, it's basically um, if you're in you know when if you're producing electronic music, it's basically just an extension of what you're doing, um, you know, sort of down the chain as well. You know, it's like sort of you know fine tuning things all the time until you you hit this space where you're happy with the sound. I guess you know it's um, it's a, it's a very similar process. But if you would be a mastering engineer, Jamie. You'll get a lot of awful tracks to work with. Like you have to really shut off your. You have to really shut off your brain and, and just yeah. be be completely immune for for what you're hearing and just really yeah. focus on the on the technical side of things. But sure, yeah, um, and uh, that's sure uh, can, that's terrible because you know the marriage between both <laughs> the marriage between creativeness and technical skill is if you get to that point, you know this is the this is the aim for everybody. Yeah, to be exactly. Completely, can be completely in, your music to be completely independent of any outside influence. Mm. Mm -mm. Master engineer, mix engineer, any of these people, you know, you do everything yourself, and it's the reason. I guess it's the reason why you also you got this vinyl live. You know, the idea that I can make my track and cut it to a record and no one's touched it but me. It's mm. my music. Everything's it's all my. That's that's where I want to be as a producer. You know, I don't want to be relying on other people. I get Absolutely. it. I get it. I get it. A master engineer because I trust his 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 vinyl cuts, yeah, and that's it. 
So. Yeah, and it never hurts to have a second opinion, just to exactly. have somebody point yeah. out uh, some detail that you missed or that you don't didn't want to sacrifice, you know, because yeah. you got attached to the thing during the process, whatever, you know, and you leave it in because you you think you need it there, but somebody else might say, ah, oh, you don't need that, you know, you can just you know dip that or you know get rid of it or exactly, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's but yeah, I totally agree, man. It the, the whole final cutting thing is like the whole process, you know, to have, to be able to make decisions right up to the very very end of the of all the all the stages it's just really satisfying you know yeah, it's uh, it is. yeah so. awesome i mean we should uh, keep it at this otherwise it's going to be too lengthy for uh, <laughs> for the podcast uh, but what we do do every episode is give everybody a few minutes uh, to promote or talk about things that we can expect from them or like you know things you've been working on you want to have people know about or anything you know like sets you're doing or i don't know whatever charlton have you, you got uh, anything coming up you want to share yeah i've got things coming up i've got things coming up with you <laughs> and uh, <laughs> i just signed a new mod release which is going to be a bit different than uh uh you know banging techno he signed some experimental tracks of me so that's going to be fun and uh, for all you guys that are into modeler stuff, I'm actually trying to create and design a, a, a kick drum now because uh, I think that's a lot of fun. So I, I, I start diving in in breadboards and really nerdy stuff. So I do it with some guys here on the premise too. So uh, hopefully so we'll have a... You yeah, mean a yeah, kick yeah. A kick uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, they're not. Yeah. I've not found one that I'm happy with, to be perfectly it's, honest. It's, so. Oh, you should talk. You should talk yeah. to Charlton. I'm like, <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I would like to uh, hear things people would like to. Uh, it's it's going to be basically be Gabba Gabba kick, yeah. <laughs> Go to that style. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, uh, I'm really trying to uh, uh, get in, in, in more into that, and I, I never thought I would do this. Uh, but uh, yeah, cheerio, man. It's a really good idea. What what stage is the 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 project in at the moment? Uh, we're like at uh, early stages, but we we're getting there, man. We're getting there. Is there a place where people can send you the input of their ideas, or, or you know, uh, do, is it just Steve. friends? Is it just friends, or is there a place? It's where friends you... of mine. It's friends of mine. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, just charlton.ravenberg at gmail or something. <laughs> I will probably make another. Oh, just give God. a private email out, man. <laughs> <laughs> It'll only be on the internet forever. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, you know, just change my email. Off. Right now, yeah, man. So, that's basically what I've been, been up to, man. People, uh, yeah, making a lot of music and doing this on the site. Uh, yeah, it's, it's nice, quite, quite, been quite sounds amazing. Yeah, so cool. any, uh, where, where can people find your current uh, stuff? Like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, be quick because that one is going to be taken after the in, in like a few minutes. 
Pardon, what did you say, young <laughs> I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. <laughs> well, let's go to the next person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, I was I was going to say, sorry, Colleen, sorry, but I was going to say, where can people find find your, your stuff? Do you have a band camp or anything uh, you want to... I've got, I've, I've got a band camp. I cannot... This is out of the top. I think it's charlton slash tapiris at bandcamp.com. Okay. And it's, it's still empty, but I'm going to throw all my back catalog on there soon. So uh, Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I think Sander will find it and put it in the in the comments somewhere. So, Cheers. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, man. Colleen, what can we expect from you? Anything you well, want to share? There's a bunch of things happening, none of which I'm sure I can talk about. So I don't want to don't like <laughs> blow the. You know what I mean? I could. Uh, I just. It's better to say nothing than say sure. the wrong thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I am. I've been working on on. Blah blah. I've been working on an album. It, it, it's uh, so wow. it's it's pretty. It's exciting. I mean, it's like oh god, and the, who isn't working on an album right now? But yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's actually happening. My first album. So it's uh, it's going really well. I've never actually had a concept and wrote written music for the concept. I always just write what comes to my head and sounds right. So this is the first time I've been. Uh, trying to interpret an idea uh, that has nothing to do with music into music. So it's very, very, very rewarding and really awesome. fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah, so, um, okay, well, yeah, let's not, uh, I'm not going to try to get any, uh, <laughs> stay, tuned. stay tuned in the next. Yeah. Weeks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, Jamie, anything you want to uh, share with people? Anything? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I have, there's uh, Turnesk 8 is coming on vinyl next week, no, Friday. And then number nine is already in production. Uh, it's double pack six of non-techno stuff. So, <laughs> Ooh, <nice. laughs> yeah, I think there's one techno track on that, te techno, techno. But, um, yeah, so I'm doing a lot of non-techno stuff at the minute. So that the next thing will be out. I'm not, I think the digital, like, as everybody knows, the, the press implants are completely jammed at the minute. So mm -hmm. I think I, I mastered this in January and they've got a release date of June. Which wow. is shock. Which is shocking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the digital will be out first. Um, I, I I think yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure when, but maybe in a few weeks. Uh, yeah. So six tracks. Uh, awesome. And where will people be able to find that? Um, it's it'll be on my Bandcamp, but also everywhere, digitally okay. everywhere. I'm not going to do the only Bandcamp thing this time. So it'll right. be okay. every available Spotify, and all those YouTubers uploading stuff for free. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, so right. thanks for that. Yeah, wicked. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah so you'll be able to find it anyway okay cool man we'll keep an eye out for that um, I guess the only thing I wanted to drop is the um, uh, if people don't know we are running a discord server um, where we continue the conversation you know kinds of conversations we have on on, on Nob Twiddlers um, and it's just a bunch of people talking tech and music and uh, posting a lot of interesting stuff um Link should be in the description or in the in the chat somewhere now. Um, it's a really nice community and uh, we're having a lot of fun there. So if you want to join us there, then check it out. And the other thing is, um, 
uh, we have a Patreon page where you can support this uh, podcast, and or you can if you, there's some higher tiers with masterclasses and sound packs and stuff like that. So if you're uh, interested in this, uh, have a look there, and there should be a link too. And other than that, it's um, that's it for me. Um, so thank you, Charlton. I see you. Uh, I guess I'll see you um, in the next, next few week, weeks. Maybe, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. To maybe, finish the maybe finish have time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, man. So, uh, so thanks for hanging out, and also Colleen, Lady Starlight. Really great to Thank see you. Thank you again. for having me. Good to see you too. Yeah, lovely <laughs> to have you on as always. <coughs> Um, thanks for everybody who was watching and thank you Jamie good to see you man really nice you to catch too, up man. you too it's, it's good been to see really, you uh, yeah, <laughs> really fun. yeah <laughs> so um, yeah thanks for the people who watched on Twitch and YouTube and uh, we see everybody next week ciao 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 <laughs>